Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. YouTube's music streaming services hits a milestone, and the trucking industry is pulling out all the stops to plug its driver shortage. Plus, we'll talk to our U.S. banking editor, Josh Franklin, about a growing but underbanked industry. A lot of companies, cannabis businesses, really only took money in cash, were unable to process electronic payments, so they they stored the cash in-house, and that elevated the risk of theft and burglaries. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The music streaming industry has been dominated by a few big names. Apple, Spotify, maybe even Amazon. Now there's another name muscling in, YouTube. YouTube has announced that its music streaming services reached 50 million paid subscribers. It's a sharp jump from last year and also a milestone for YouTube's owner, Google. These latest subscriber numbers come after failed attempts to get a footing in the market, attempts like YouTube Red. Experts say YouTube music is attracting users in emerging markets and also younger audiences. They say it's becoming to Gen Z what Spotify was to millennials half a decade ago. The FT has been reporting on a shortage of truckers in the UK because of COVID. Well, in the US, the number of truckers has been declining for years, and COVID just made that pre-existing shortage all the more excruciating. But now the truck companies are scrambling for new drivers and undertaking recruiting efforts that they've never undertaken before, and they're struggling to get people to bite. That's the FT's Steph Chavez. She says some U.S. trucking companies are now turning to the government for help bringing in more foreign drivers. There seems to be this small and potentially growing group of truck driving companies that wants the government to expedite the issuance of EB-3 and H-2B visas, which are employment-based visas. American trucking companies have been sourcing foreign drivers using those visas for a long time. But the pandemic kind of froze or slowed down that process for a lot of these companies. So, yeah, I was talking to the chair of the board of the Oregon Trucking Associations, and he said he's trying to round up a group of about, you know, a dozen companies or so to go to Washington, D.C. and try to meet with lawmakers um, to try to advocate for getting some help expediting these visas. And they also want to add truck drivers to the Department of Labor's Schedule A list, which is basically a list of jobs that the government has deemed there are like not enough qualified individuals in the U.S. to complete the job. Steph, what have government officials said to this? Yeah, so one one executive of a truck driving company told me, that he's been meeting really or trying to meet, you know, pretty aggressively with lawmakers at local, state and federal levels. And that at one meeting, um, a government official asked him basically, like, do you really want me to try and help bring foreign workers into the U.S. faster when there are still so many people unemployed here in the U.S. because of the pandemic? And the executive told me that, yes, like that's absolutely what I want because, you know, I'm not getting any bites here. Um, and so he suspects that there's a bit of a, an optics problem, right? That it's just, he, was, he, he kept saying, nobody wants to talk about this. That's Steph Chavez. She's a reporter for the FT and FT specialist. The cannabis industry in the U.S. is flourishing. 18 states have now legalized weed. More than half allow it for medical use. 
The industry is now worth about $20 billion by one estimate, and that's without having access to conventional banking. The FT's Josh Franklin joins me to talk more about how cannabis suppliers have been managing their money. Hey, Josh. Hey. So, Josh, why can't cannabis companies use regular banks? So cannabis companies are caught in a gap between state and federal law. So despite it being legal at the state level in a, in a number of states now um, over the last 10 years, most U- U.S. banks operate under federal law. So they deem the compliance risk of banking these cannabis companies in local markets as just too great for them to step into the space. So this means cannabis companies by and large, struggle to have access to basic financial services like making deposits, opening bank accounts, processing electronic payments, uh, and taking out loans. Then how have cannabis companies been doing business, and how have they financed their growth without banks? It's been a bit of a journey for a lot of these companies. So initially, we saw the first wave of legal recreational cannabis markets come online starting in 2012. And Really, those companies were either self-funded, took money from friends and family, or there was a kind of niche group of investors that were willing to to get into the space. That's kind of what they did for funding. But a lot of companies uh, and cannabis businesses really only took money in cash, were unable to process electronic payments, couldn't store the money. Uh, so they they stored the cash themselves um, at the, in-house, and that elevated the risk of, of theft and burglaries. Um, so it really wasn't a great situation for them. Given the the size of the market and this untapped need for banking services, um, there has been a number of companies that have seen the opportunity here to serve an underbanked market. So we have seen gradual progress now. There are kind of these niche companies that have sprouted up to lend to cannabis companies to facilitate local banks that want to try to bank cannabis companies by offering compliance services, offering companies armored car cash pickups. So if you're taking, you know, 95% of your takings in cash, then that kind of gives them some certainty to transport it. Is this working for companies or are there disadvantages to having to use these specialized finance groups? So there's been a ton of progress in terms of cannabis companies' ability to get banked, but all of this comes at a price. You know, cannabis companies pay a lot more to borrow, they pay a lot more to, to make deposits than a normal company in an industry where compliance issues aren't quite as severe. Um, and this is at a time of very low interest rates in the United States when um, a lot of companies have access to cheap money. Cannabis is one of the only industries where you have double-digit borrowing costs. And depending on the, the size, borrowing costs can be even in excess of, of 20% per year interest payments. You know, Josh, given the size of the industry, do banks see an opportunity here? Do they, do they want to get involved? Given the size of opportunity, I think it's an industry that banks would would love to serve. So U.S. banks don't want to be left behind there. But I think it's still too small to to take the risk now for a lot of banks to to step into the space. Uh, They are looking for any progress or new guidance at the federal level in the United States to to give them comfort to go in. There are a couple of initiatives. There's the so-called Safe Banking Act, which has been around um, in the House of Representatives for around about three years. It's passed a couple of times. Uh, with bipartisan support, but um, its kind of path in the Senate is is unclear. Uh, Chuck Schumer, the, the Democratic Senate Majority Leader, has also proposed legalizing cannabis at the federal level. Both of those initiatives would give banks greater comfort to bank the space, but also both of them, it's unclear uh, when they'll, uh, they'll actually would be, could enter into law. Joshua Franklin is the FT's U.S. Banking Editor. Thanks, Josh. Thanks very much. 
And before we go, we have a correction to make. Yesterday, we reported on the fraud trial of Elizabeth Holmes. She's the founder of the blood testing company Theranos. We implied that Theranos was a public company, but in fact, Theranos was a private company. We regret the error. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.